Hey friends, and welcome to Happily Ever Random, a podcast where we explore different points of views on a variety of different topics. I'm Troy, and I'm joined with my sister, Jenny. Hey guys, how's it going tonight? We are going to do Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone tonight. The topic that we're going to go over, we're going to do the book versus movie. So we're going to kind of go through the differences, kind of what we liked about it. We got a couple different categories we're going to go through and we'll see what happens. Sounds like fun. We also have wands. Troy and I have been sword fighting with them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so My daughter and I went to the Wizarding World at Universal a couple years ago and we bought two wands at uh, Universal. So I have the Elder Wand. And unfortunately, Troy has Hermione's wand because that was the one my daughter bought. So I'm not yes. giving him the Elder Wand. I want the Elder Wand. <laughs> but we've been playing with them and <laughs> pointing them at each other and sword fighting. It's we found out if we were in the Wizarding World, it would not be good for us because we're just flinging these things around. <laughs> Mine would be broken constantly. <laughs> or really dirty. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, but before we kind of get going... I do want to put out another uh, small disclaimer, just like from the last few episodes. May contain some adult language, not really adult content on this one, but no. adult language. So Might if be you a do a little bit of adult content when we get into the later books. Yes, but not this one. <laughs> um, so if you hear any language, just disregard it. Unfortunately, that's how we are. But uh, I think Jenny might start us off, and we're gonna get going. All right, guys. So before we start the main discussion, Troy, I want to ask you a question that I don't think I've ever asked you before. Okay. What one do you have a favorite movie of the series? Okay, first, actually, guys, I don't think I said this in our topic intro. Troy has only seen the movies, the Harry Potter movies. I have read all the books and seen the movies. She has read all the books within two weeks at one point. Yeah. She is a very big Harry Potter book nerd. I'm a nerd. So anyways, do you have a favorite movie? And if you do, which one? It, it's hard. It is, isn't it? I really don't know. <laughs> I think... I don't think that the first one has to be your favorite. No. I, I, I don't like... Uh, the first three are not in my top five at all. I, I don't... And there's only seven movies. <laughs> in, in most series and Eight, things sorry, like that, I feel like the first one is always the best out of the series. But I feel for movies, but I feel like for Harry Potter, that is not the case. It's a good movie, but I don't it think it's start. going to be the best out of the series. Not at all. I really like, I really like both the Deathly Hollow movies, mm -hmm. but I also really like Order of the Phoenix as well. Okay. okay. I don't know if I have a favorite. Yeah. I just, overall, those are kind yeah. of the three that I like the most. Yeah. What about you, Jen? Do you have a favorite? Book or movie? Uh, or both? Let's start. <laughs> let's. I just said movie, so let's go movie and then okay. lead into your books. Movie? I don't think I have a favorite movie of the series, honestly. Um, I'm, and I think I mentioned this on our House of the Dragon episode, I'm a huge fan of reading a book and then watching the movie or TV show that is created of, of it to see what differences they had, you know, or did they do it justice, you know? And I will say, out of all of the series that I've seen that were created from movie or from books, 
Harry Potter is probably the only one that is incredibly close to the books, staying completely true to the source material. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, there's, I mean, I, I like the later movies, of course, because they're older, you know, yeah. and it's just, it's more for relatable. Me, it's just, yeah, it's more relatable. I mean, they're not little children. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just smacked my wand on the table. See, I should not be trusted with this. <laughs> but um, I liked Half Blood Prince, the movie. I love the movie, but there are reasons that I don't love it, and we'll get into that when we do that episode. Okay. Like, if I would have never read the Half Blood Prince book, then the Half Blood Prince movie would be my favorite. Okay. <laughs> So, um, but if I had to absolutely choose a favorite movie, I would probably choose Order of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Order of the Phoenix was a good one. Yes. I did really enjoy yes. it. Now, book, Half-Blood Prince would be my favorite book. Okay. And like I said, we'll get into that one when we do that episode, but it has so much backstory on Voldemort, Tom Riddle. Mm-hmm. So much more than the movie yeah. shows. And it really gives you an understanding. It really helps build that character even Yes, more. exactly. And that's what mm-hmm. I really love about that. So, Gotcha. Yeah. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Then I am definitely looking forward to that when we do that episode. Yes, that one and the Deathly Hallows episodes are going to be really fun to do because yeah. they did them justice, but there's just so much that they left. And I understand why they had to leave it out because... You can't have a five-hour movie. Exactly. I mean, it would have been a five-hour <laughs> movie, but there's so much that was left out. Mm-hmm. So. Well, we'll figure all that out in the future whenever we do those episodes. Yes. Um, but kind of going into this episode for Sorcerer's Stone, um, for book and movie, from my understanding, both of them, the plot doesn't really change. There's some might be some details, but overall, right? he's an orphan kid. Brought raised by his, quote unquote, raised by his aunt and uncle. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Very good people. Um, gets enrolled into Hogwarts, goes to school, meets his best friends, makes a few enemies, finds out the truth about his family, mm-hmm. and then it goes starts going into the second book, second movie, things like that. Right. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, there's details that are different, but mm-hmm. that's the main, the main thing, yeah. So, one, one, what I wanted to start with. Is, of course, like we said, I don't read books. <laughs> so I'm starting with the movie. But You're missing so much <laughs> in your life. <laughs> I wanted to kind of talk about why it was a good movie and why it was a good intro to the series for non-book readers. Okay. So from what I've looked into, what I've seen is that it's su- it's such a great intro for the movie series because of it stems sort of from the director. His name is Chris Columbus. Right. He and he was great. He was he was really great. He, and also he had a really big passion for the books. Yes. He was huge into the Harry Potter books. Yes. And he brought those words to life from paper to screen. Mhm. So he's one of the huge reasons why apparently he was in the running 
with a total of 40 other directors mm-hmm. and beat them out for this movie. Um, also, he was also he was kind of a different director. Apparently, he wasn't one that sits in his little seat, his director's chair, just pointing fingers, doing whatever. He was on his feet, giving cues, helping the actors know when they're supposed to give each line. Right. Like, he was behind the scenes acting <laughs> the actual movie right. with them. Right. Um, so, that that's just kind of one thing that he really did um, uh, differently. But also, another thing was he gave his, his production designer, Stuart Craig... Mm-hmm. basically gave him free reign and didn't actually say this, but the way that I took it was go big or go home. Yeah. Like we need this movie to happen. Yeah. And them two together pretty much set the whole series of movies up for success because of the sets that they made. They made these sets expensive to last. Yeah. And even so the, the neighborhood Harry grew up in, they built that whole street of houses. Yeah, they actually, I watched a behind the scenes thing on, I think I found it on YouTube. I don't remember the other day um, while I was preparing for this episode. And it was with Christopher, Chris Columbus. I almost said Christopher Columbus, like 1492 <laughs> Christopher <laughs> Columbus. <laughs> with him saying that they had originally used an actual real neighborhood and like real houses and stuff. But it ended up just getting too difficult to keep shooting there. Because these were people's actual yeah, houses. Actual so residences. they ended up like building their own set with like five houses on each side of the street on on loca- on their set and ended up using it for the entire series. Yeah. So the, every almost every set that they built they used for ten yeah. years. I will say that they did admit that though that um, the castle Hogwarts changed almost every movie though. <laughs> I didn't Which see that I part. think kind of like I like though because it kind of gives it's the magical you know, feel. Yeah, like it's it always changing. Gives you like the feel of like magic, you know. Like whenever the houses go to their different like dorm areas. Yeah. So I kind of <laughs> like that. But um, so that that's just kind of the intro into why I think it was such a great intro movie for it. Not, and of course it's. You know, the actors and actresses were great. The yeah. They followed the story of the movie mm-hmm. or of the book, everything like that. But the director himself just was able to use everything around him mm-hmm. and bring it to life on screen, which yeah. was amazing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then kind of going into the next thing we were going to talk about was uh, some things about like the the characters. I wanted to say a few things about how, again, going from the director... helped with the actors themselves so from what i saw was whenever he was choosing actors the reason the the reason why he picked daniel radcliffe was that this is what i read so don't quote me on this i'll I'll actually be able to tell you if it's true (laughs) or not because i watched the interview with him just the other day on youtube explaining how he found him so tell me if i'm wrong wrong that he saw a haunted soul within Daniel Radcliffe that he would be able to to relate to Harry and fit the character of never knowing his own parents. Oh, I don't know about that. I didn't actually read that. Oh, that that's what I <laughs> what, read the, the other day. The, the, <laughs> the behind the scenes video that I was watching on YouTube was, it was him saying that like they had done the casting of like all the characters except Harry. Like they had not found Harry. And he was in his hotel room one night 
and he was watching um, BBC and it was I can't even remember the movie it was an old movie that Daniel Radcliffe was in actually with Maggie Smith who plays McGonagall um, and he saw him he saw Daniel Radcliffe on the screen and just was like he that that's Harry like <laughs> he just looks like him <laughs> and his parents actually didn't want him to do it because originally the movies were going to be filmed in LA. And so his parents didn't want him to be gone in LA for like nine, 10 months of the year for 10 years, you know? Yeah. Why would they and choose LA? Because it's movies. I mean, yeah, but that, that was, to me, that has so nothing they, to do. They with... finally <laughs> ended up getting them um, done in in England or wherever, um, and so they and then his parents finally agreed to it. So hmm. I said that was a little, a little fun, a little fun yeah. fact. Um, so. Emma Watson for Hermione, mm-hmm. and again, don't quote me, but I believe I read that she was like growing up. She was kind of the kind of bookworm smart as a kid uh, growing up. So that related very well. Mm-hmm. And then with Rupert, which also I love this guy's name, Rupert Grint. I love him too. The name is awesome to me. Um, but just his faith, faith, face <laughs> had a wealth of emotions. Mm-hmm. And that he had, even as a kid, had a great sense of humor mm-hmm. to be able to fit the role Oh yeah, role. I think I think they really hit the jackpot with the th- the three main characters there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really embodied those characters so well. Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't 100%. think they could have gotten anybody better. Um, he, and then if you go even a little further, even like you know Tom Felton as Draco, or Maggie Smith as Professor McGonagall, or I mean any of them. There's almost no one in the movies that didn't perfectly embody their character. Mm-hmm. I could see it. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's a few exceptions. I mean, at least to me, because I've read the books. I mean, you might not think so, because you only <laughs> know the movie characters. But to me, I mean, there's a few, you know? But for the most part, they all pretty much... I mean, they, they nailed it pretty much, mm-hmm. you know? And again, so. it stems from, like we just said, Chris. Yeah, he very much. He helped as the director. He was able to help build these ki- these yeah. kids' careers, yeah. basically. I do have to say, though, I think my favorite casting out of the entire series are the Weasley twins. Mm-hmm. I think that is the best casting in the entire thing. Mm-hmm. They really, truly do embody those characters yeah. to a T. Mm-hmm. They're so good. I love them. Um, even with all of the casting, he also was able to make sure that all of the adults were able to respect and be patient with the kids. Because mm-hmm. that was a huge thing, especially in the first book. They're literally kids. Yeah. I mean, Emma Watson was like this. nine, ten years old when exactly. they started it. Which is nuts I, to no, me. No, I think she was like ten or eleven. Which is nuts to me. Yeah. Um, also, another a funny note. Real quick, this is kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about this, was that uh, apparently about half the kids didn't know what action meant. Yeah. <laughs> I never saw that. <laughs> so he would yell action, 
and half the kids would start doing their roles and the other ones were kind of just sitting there looking around like what's going on so <laughs> that's so cute i just thought that was a funny little note that's adorable <laughs> Um, there were a couple of things I wanted to comment on about the characters throughout the series before we get into our categories we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, just a couple different, like, just a couple little, like, comments or differences from the books versus the movies. Like, for one, one of the biggest things in the books is the color of Harry's eyes. Like, it's constantly commented on in the books throughout the entire series. See, we keep hitting sorry. the wands on things. I'm sorry. If you keep hearing like this noise, like that, that's just us like smacking our wands against the table. So sorry, guys. <laughs> but Harry, it's constantly commented on throughout the series in the books that Harry's green eyes look just like his mother Lily's. Green okay. eyes. I was about to ask why it's such a big deal. But in the movies, his eyes are blue. Daniel Radcliffe's eyes are blue. They did try to get Daniel Radcliffe to wear a pair of colored contacts. Poor kid. (laughs) But he had a really bad reaction to them when he put them on for the first movie. So they just let him, you know, keep them off. And they were just like, movie Harry will just have blue eyes. (laughs) Did you ever wear contacts or anything? I tried like once and it never really, I, I didn't like them. Yeah, I... I've, I've had great vision, thankfully, yeah. growing up. You got daddy's vision. But, <laughs> <laughs> I got mama's vision. One Halloween, I did wear colored contacts. And it took me literally about half an hour to get them in. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> I could not do it. So and it's I, worse trying to get them out. So I understand for kid Harry, or kid <laughs> Daniel, why he didn't yeah. like it. <laughs> and then also in the books, he's, he's a lot sharper. He's a lot more quick-witted and sarcastic. Than he is in the movies, and he's also a lot less awkward than he is in the movies. Like, he just, <laughs> Harry in the movies is just, he's honestly, he's kind of a little awkward kid, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I mean, I have an awkward kid myself. <laughs> we were all probably awkward kids at one point. But he's just, and he's very, very sarcastic. Like, that's a very big thing in the books is he's, he's a huge smartass, <laughs> which I kind of love. So... Um, and then like Ron in the books, like this is one of the big things for me that I wish they would have done right. I think they did wrong on this in my personal opinion in the books. Ron is consistently shown as intelligent and he's like the person that teaches Harry all about the wizarding world and he's kind 90% of the time. Um, <laughs> and he's hardworking and he's a true and real friend. But in the movies, he's, he's kind of shown as like rude or even kind of heartless at times. And he's almost always portrayed as jealous of Harry. And especially as they get older, he's, he's kind of shown as a bit of a douchebag at times, to be honest. Yeah. And he's not like that in the books. Why, why do you think they would do that, though? I don't know, to be honest honest with you. I really don't. But I wish they wouldn't have. Because and I don't remember which, which movie and book it was, but there's a certain scene at one point where Snape calls Hermione, Her, Hermione? Hermione, <laughs> like a, a know-it-all or something because she answered a question. And 
in the movie, Ron makes a comment to Harry, like under his breath. And he's like, well, he's right, isn't he? But in the book, Ron sticks up for Hermione and is like, you asked the question and she answered it. You know? Yeah. So it's like. Just a little, little it's details little like details that. like that. But to me, they made a big difference, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. It's just to me that I don't know. And then also, um, I wanted to comment on two other characters real quick. Um, Snape. Alan Rickman as Snape. First of all, that man played that part amazingly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't think anybody else in the world could have done that. But I think what made him, what helped him play that part is J.K. Rowling told him, Alan Rickman, and only him, Snape's ending and his overall motivation from, to the end, that, you know, what happens in the end of the series with Snape. Mm -hmm. No one else in the cast knew until the final scripts came out. Unless they'd read the books, you know, which not very many of them had. (laughs) That's crazy. So, I think it really helped Alan Rickman play his part to perfection like he would do something a certain way like he would say something a certain way or do a you know movement a certain way or an action and they would be like why are you doing it that way and he'd be like you'll find out you know in <laughs> movie seven <laughs> you don't know? worry it'll show one day yeah like literally he would <laughs> say that you know but he knew why he was playing it that way because he had to because of this you know what i mean yeah so That's crazy. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. So, and then I did want to ask you also, which Dumbledore did you like better? The one from the first two movies, Richard Harris? Or the one from the rest of the movies, Michael Gambon? The second one. Michael Gambon? I think so. Yeah, him because <laughs> I just banged my, my <laughs> wand again. Um, I think... That he embodied the character a little bit more, I think. And I know Dumbledore, Dumbledore, <laughs> gosh, Dumbledore <laughs> is supposed to be an old person, right? But in the first one, he just seemed like a frail old man, right? Not right, not this grand wizard that he was supposed to be, right? Yeah, and so I think a lot of the fandom, honestly, would disagree with me. With what I'm about to say. Okay. But I agree with you. A lot of the fandom that have read the books did not like Michael Gambon. Really? No. And from what I've read online, like on Reddit or, you know, whatever online, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to look at, it all boils down to one thing his reactions to certain things were not calm reactions like Dumbledore had in the books. He had, you know, crazy reactions or he would be react in anger or something like goblet of fire. That's exactly what I was thinking. Did you put your name in the goblet of fire? You know, (laughs) you know, in the book, he very calmly just asked, you know, Harry, did you put your name in the goblet? Literally, like that's how we asked him, you know, and so that exception I get, but like you said, Tim, like Richard Harris is a great actor. Don't get me wrong, (laughs) 
But he just looked and sounded like he was literally going to keel over at any second. You know, he just seemed so frail. And like the Dumbledore that is described, physically described in the books, is one that can move quickly and is energetic. And, you know, I mean, yeah, he might act, like his vocalizations might sound calmer, but Richard Harris couldn't move the way that Michael Gambon could. Mm-hmm. And that's why I liked him as Dumbledore yeah. better. And again, you know? that's it's in the movie. It's what would be better, best set on screen for characters to see or right. for fans to see. Right. So I don't know. That was just my personal opinion. No, I, I agree absolutely. So. All right. So let's do our categories. Okay. The first one that we have, and this is mainly going to be you. Well, the first two are. Because I don't read. Loser. And also, stop pointing the, the damn Elder Wand in my face. It's fine. No point. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> but <laughs> our first one is, in your opinion, mm-hmm. what is the best? Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Book to movie change in the Sorcerer's Stone. Okay, so this was really the only thing I could think of to use. <laughs> <laughs> there really wasn't anything that I could really decide on because, I mean, they did a pretty good job. There, I mean, okay, our next category is worst book to movie change, and I do have a couple of those. But as for best best change there wasn't really anything I could decide on the only thing that I could pick was like you know when um in the movie before like after the after all the Hogwarts letters start coming to the Dursleys Mm -hmm. and then they leave and go to that shack on the small island where Hagrid the lighthouse comes is it a lighthouse I don't know what it is I thought it was a lighthouse I don't know whatever well in the book before that happens they first go to a hotel but the letters still find them there. Then they drive through a forest. They drive up and down a parking garage. And then they drive to the coast where Vernon borrows a boat to take them to the island. So in the movie, they just go straight to the island. So they just and wasn't a waste of time. They go yeah, there to see it. Yeah, I just think it. it would have just, you know, used up way too much time if they did it. You mm-hmm. know, if they showed everything. So that was really the only thing I could think of, though. <laughs> okay. But. And then... You said it already. You have a few of them, but worst book to movie change. I have three. Um, so I'm trying to see if I can do them in order, actually, because they're not in. I didn't type them up in order. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, like worst to the most worst. <laughs> no, like in chronological order oh, in the movie. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> No, I'm not rating them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my first one would be, um, you know, when Harry finds the Mirror of Erised? Yes. And you remember how Dumbledore finds him there and they have, like, that conversation? When he sees his parents in it? Yeah, and Mm -hmm. then Dumbledore tells him that the mirror will be moved? Yes. 
Okay, so in the book, they had a lot longer of a conversation. And I wish that that would have been shown because to me, it would have, it, it was a bit of a more important conversation. Um, you know, Harry asked him how he didn't see him when he walked in. Like, you know, do you, he asked, he, I think he asked him, like, do you have a, do you also have an invisibility cloak or something like that? And Dumbledore actually tells Harry he doesn't need a cloak to be invisible, which is kind of a detail that kind of badass is used later in the series. Um, he reveals that he was there when Harry and Ron were both there, what looking in the mirror. And then Harry asks, Harry asks Dumbledore what he sees when he looks in the mirror. And Dumbledore says he sees himself holding a pair of thick, warm socks. Which is obviously not true. Okay. Um, I think later in the series he admits what he did see, which was like his parents and his sister. But he wasn't going to go into that then with an 11-year-old Harry. Yeah. You know? But I, I just kind of feel like that would was a little bit more of an important conversation. Like, they could have left out something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, my next one would be, um, you know, the obstacles they have to get through in order to get to the Sorcerer's Stone? Yes. Where Quirrell is. Sorry, you just made me laugh, guys. <laughs> I apologize. You know the, uh, the obstacles they have to get through in order to yes. get to the like Sorcerer's Stone? Like the dog Stone. and the, the giant chest, right? Wizard chest, yes. Yeah, giant chest. Okay, so there in the book, there's... There was actually two other obstacles. One of them was a troll that they had to fight, which that one was whatever. I don't care about that one. But the other one was a potions obstacle, which was like the one that Snape put in, like his contribution to it. And this one was, to me, like a really good one. Like, I think they should have done this one instead of like the devil snare, to be honest. Um, It was a riddle of seven potions one that makes the drinker move forward, one that sends them back, one that kills them, and four others that were fairly innocent, but also useless to them in the journey. And so there wasn't really any actual magic involved in, I mean, the potions were magic, obviously, but like figuring out which ones to use wasn't really any magic. It was just pure logic. And Hermione was the one to be able to figure it out. Well, of course she was. She's the smart Because one. right before that was the wizard chest where Ron got knocked out. So then Hermione and, and Harry went forward. Okay. And did the potions. And so she figured out which ones it was. And so Harry took the one to be able to move forward. And she took the one to be able to be sent back so that she could get Ron and go get help. Mm. So... I thought it was a little important as well. So. Okay. And then my third one, my last one would be um, at the end of the movie when Harry's in the hospital wing and Dumbledore comes in to talk to him. And um, I don't really remember what they... They have like a very short conversation in the movie. Um, and then... And, and then Dumbledore eats like one of the... Bertie Blatt's every flavored, be- you know, beans. And he's like, he gets one and he's like, ah, earwax. <laughs> <laughs> completely random. But um, in the book, they have a lot longer conversation. And like, 
he Dumbledore tells Harry about how Harry's dad James saved Snape's life once when they were at school and that Snape hated James and that's why Snape had spent the whole year trying to keep Harry safe so he would finally be even with his worst enemy of course we find out later in Deathly Hallows that Snape really did it because of his love for Lily Mm -hmm. but it kind of gave Harry a reason for Snape basically hating him because he hated his dad, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. So, yeah, that was my worst book to movie changes. Kind of side note. Hmm? I, I do kind of wish they would have given a little more detail of the time with Snape and Lily and James. What do you mean? Like, like just a little more backstory on it. From, oh, okay. Like in the movies and stuff. Obviously, time frame of movies, things like that. But yeah. I just think it'd be cool just to kind of... There's a lot more in the books. I figured there was. <laughs> but just from the movie standpoint, I kind of wish I would have seen a little more of it. Yeah. Um, but this is probably going to be a fun one. Mm. Nah. The, no? You don't like this next one? The best magical moment. I mean, mine's very simple. And it's the same one for both book and movie. Okay. Mine's just the mirror of Erised. Because, okay. I mean, for me, because it's Harry gets to see his parents for the first time in his life. Mm-hmm. He had never even seen a picture of his parents before. Yeah. So. I can see that. I mean, that's, for me, for this movie and book. I mean, we'll get to better ones further yeah, on in course. the series. But for this one, that's the best magic yeah, moment this one, for me. This one was a little bit harder. Just because it is the first one. Yeah. But I said... When Harry gets his wand. That one is a cool moment. Because it shows his very unstable, but innate, like, magical abilities that he has. Yeah. I actually just got out the book, guys. I was trying to find that scene (laughs) in the book because I think it's just a tiny bit more different. And I also just like that he's... Well, not that I like it, but I think it's funny... Because of what happens when he when he's testing all the wands is exactly what I picture happening in my head right now as we're <laughs> flinging these wands around, shit <laughs> <laughs> just blowing up. Yeah, and... <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah, so I hear him at the the at that scene in the book, and so he like you know in the movie where he grabs a wand and he like points it and like a flower pot blows up or something, you mm-hmm. know. Like in the book, he he just it says he took the wand and feeling foolish waved it around a bit, but Mister Ollivander snatched it out of his hand almost at once, so nothing actually happened for the, with the first one he tried. Boring. And then um, he gave him another one. He said Harry tried, but he had hardly raised the wand when it too was snatched back by Mister Ollivander. And so, so he gave him a different one. Harry tried and tried. He had no idea what Mr. Ollivander was waiting for. The pile of tried wands was mounting higher and higher on the spindly chair. But the more wands Mr. Ollivander pulled from the shelves, the happier he seemed to become. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when he tried the Holly and Phoenix feather wand, which was the one he ended up getting. Yeah. So is that actually not a... Not a boring part of it, but it shows how well Mr. Ollivander knows his stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he immediately knows that it's not going to happen for Harry. Yeah. And and it kind of shows, like, what, like, another change. And actually, I could have done this for my best book-to-movie change. Didn't even think about that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We're going to go back on our word, and we're going to put this one. Right? (laughs) 
<laughs> of like the kind of change they had to do for the movie in order to show what wand would be good and what wand wouldn't for him. Mm-hmm. Because if he just held a wand and nothing happened, they'd be like in the movie, you'd be like, okay, well now what? Come on, old man, let him play. <laughs> like, what is he supposed to do with it? You know? <laughs> so they did that in order to be able to show you like what it actually happened. And like when he actually finds, um, when he actually grabs the wand that he ends up getting, um, I think it said like, I already put the book down. Sorry guys. But I think it said like he had like a warm feeling in his hand or like some sparks flew out of it or something, you know? Yeah. Also guys, I want y'all to know Jenny is a huge book nerd. She opened the book and within five seconds was able to find where that scene was in the book. Okay. But if you're like (laughs) me and you've read the book as much as I have, you know what chapter it's in. Yeah, as much as you have, as so in you're a Harry Potter book nerd. So I read the chapter heading at the top of the page, so I knew what <laughs> chapter I was in, so I knew where it was. And everyone, don't listen to her. Okay, no, don't listen to Troy because he knows <laughs> nothing about reading. <laughs> oh man! All Jeez. right, bad adult moments. Okay, now this one's gonna be fun to me. And mine is. Okay. Again, I think Hold we're going to switch we on this one We need to explain what we need mean by bad adult moment, first of all. Yeah, true, true, very true. <laughs> okay, guys, I don't know if y'all have noticed, but I'm sure you have if you're a Harry Potter fan. The adults in these movies and books tend to be kind of, I don't know, is negligent the right word? Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to the children. So, mm-hmm. in, in the Wizarding World and in the Muggle World, both. So... Good job, Troy. He just dropped his wand. Shit. <laughs> yes, we mean negligent as bad. So, yeah, we don't mean just like, you know, Voldemort is bad or like the Dursleys are bad parents. I mean, like, well, it could mm. be anything. Well, I was going to say, we're going to kind of switch and mine's kind of simple and boring. Yeah, and that's what it, I'm saying. It, like, it can be anything. going to be his aunt and uncle. Okay. <laughs> um... Just the way that they had no sympathy, no care, or anything mm-hmm. for him, mm-hmm. and and I never really understood it. They never really cared for Harry, but they didn't. They wanted to keep him and not send him away. I know. I don't understand that either. Never understood that part. I don't either. To this day, it always blows my mind. I don't either. You're gonna force. You're gonna force the kid to live in a closet. You're not really going to take care of him. You spend money to give him food when you don't really care for him. Mm-hmm. Just send him away and let him be happy. No. I don't know. I just never understood it. I don't either. Um, so I have two for the movie and one for the book. Okay. So my two for the movie would be, first of all, Dumbledore leaving a baby on the doorstep in the middle of the night. Like, you could have at least found a basket to put him in. <laughs> I mean, you're a freaking wizard. You can conjure up a basket to put him in, can't you? Couldn't you basically somehow open the door? Yeah, I mean, you you, alohomora the door and just walk in and place him on the freaking couch. (laughs) (laughs) But let's leave him on the doorstep. Injured, by the way. It's a movie. You have to ring the doorbell. He didn't even ring the doorbell. He just left him there with a letter. So that's my first one. My second one is 
Hagrid, when they go to King's Cross after buying all of Harry's supplies in Diagon Alley, instead of getting him into King's Cross and getting him onto the platform and everything, he just walks him up to like the entrance of King's Cross and then just fucking disappears. Like Harry is literally looking down at his ticket and then looks up to ask him a question and he's gone. That's a big man to be gone. Like, you could at least make sure he gets on, gets to the platform, okay? Like, this is literally a kid that has never even heard of wizards before, and you're going to expect him to go on here and find platform nine and three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it was all a plan. Maybe somehow I mean, Hagrid knew the Weasleys I don't know. would be there. I don't know. And I got something to say about the Weasleys and platform nine and three quarters in a minute. Uh-oh. But, um, and then my book one is just Snape for the way he automatically begins to treat Harry like shit. Just day one. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry. Well, he had to look, he had to look the part, remember? Oh no, I know, but I okay, there's a lot of Snape sympathizers in the fandom because they're like, "Oh, he did it for his love of Lily." And da 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 da. da. No. No. You're going to treat the love the son of the love of your I wife have, like I have I I I am not a Snape fan at all. And we can get into that when we get to that book and movie. Mm-hmm. But I'll just say it right now. I'm not a Snape fan. Mm. So. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, getting away from the bad for a second. We're going to go to best, but it's best character of the first book and movie. Okay. Uh, I mean, obviously... His name is in it. You have to say Harry Potter. Do you though? And to to please people and be basic. Uh, yes, you can be. You can do it. I'm not. But I'm actually gonna throw. <laughs> I'm gonna actually throw this a little different here. Okay. He's like twirling his and, wand at me, guys. Yeah, I'm he spinning talks. it around. <laughs> um, and some people might not like this, but I'm gonna say I like Hermione. She was actually my choice for movie. And I think but, it's okay. Why? Why did you choose her though? I think because she's able to show she is one of the best, and she's not even pure blood. She's Muggle. Okay. I just I, think the thought behind that and putting that into a character mm-hmm. and showing the 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 work, the effort, everything for a character mm-hmm. is awesome. Okay. I chose her because I thought Emma Watson was really able to bring that character from the page to the screen mm-hmm. really, really well. So that's why I chose Hermione for the movie Best Character. So, book Best Character, though, I've got to give it up to my Weasley twins. <laughs> and here's why you're going to love this. There's a scene in the book in the winter. Can you talk without moving the wand? No, because I talk with my hands, too. So this is like an extension of my hand right now. It's kind of fun, to be Well, honest. don't they tell you that your wand is supposed to be an extension of yourself? Yeah, I know. It's kind of fun. Um, there is a scene in the book. Okay, so you know how Quirrell has Voldemort on the back of his head? Mm-hmm. So there's a scene in the book in the winter where the Weasley twins are bewitching snowballs to hit Quirrell in the back of the head. So they're basically hitting Voldemort just, in the face. Just beating up Voldemort? Yes! So... That's why I'm going with the Weasley twins for the best character in the book. <laughs> because I think that's just a fucking amazing. I love it. Awesome. <laughs> um, okay, let's pivot now 
to worst character. Okay, but before you say anything, every time we do a Harry Potter episode, you cannot automatically choose Voldemort as the worst character. Either one of us. Okay? Okay. Okay, deal? Deal. Okay. I'm not picking Voldemort, but I'm picking his little vessel that he got. Okay. <laughs> okay. Professor Quirrell. Okay. Squirrel? Quirrell. Squirrel. Um, <laughs> just because, honestly, I just, he's forgettable. I know he's supposed to be. Because he Voldemort's on the back of his head, and you're not really supposed to care about Professor Quirrell, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just thought he was dumb, mm-hmm. skittish, little little pansy, nervous all the time. I mean, rightfully so. He's got the Dark Lord on the back of his head. But yeah, I mean, I'd kind of be a little bit of a pussy if the Dark Lord was on the back of my just, head too. <laughs> just don't, don't really didn't care for that character. Okay. No matter who it was. Yeah. At all. Yeah. I got the same one for book and movie. Okay. The Dursleys. <laughs> Very good choice. <laughs> we could probably chalk them up to worse throughout the series. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. <laughs> I don't know. I will say the last one, though. Um, Deathly Hallows one. Dudley kind of gave himself a little bit of a bump. Which mm. actually wasn't in the movie. They cut that scene. Okay, that's why I don't know about it. But, yeah. (laughs) Speaking of things that got cut from movies. A lot. Probably. (laughs) If there is a lot, tell me some other things. Tell me some other things that are in the books that you have, Mm. that you think you have to say to someone who hasn't read it. They don't have to be big either. Just something you need to say. Just like little tidbits that I think, like I want to talk about. Okay. So like, okay. All right. I get you. Um, okay. So, how I just hit my arm on the desk. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> so when they're, quit pointing your wand at me like Voldemort does. <laughs> Sorry. So when they go to the zoo at the beginning of the movie, and they're about to enter the reptile house, when they, you see a group of private school students leaving it in green uniforms. That's kind of like mm. foreshadowing the Slytherin? Slytherin house. You know, I thought okay. that was kind of just a cute little detail in the movie. Um, this one kind of makes me laugh. So in the movie, when the letters are all flying into the house, like at rapid speed, like through the the fireplace and all that. Mm-hmm. Harry, who ends up becoming like this great seeker, is like trying to jump and catch one out of the air and can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yet what I want to know is... Why didn't he just pick one up off the floor? Because he was a kid and so excited. <laughs> I mean, it was just like such a dumb moment to me. I don't know. Um, oh, and then what I was going to say about the Weasleys in Platform Nine and, nine, nine and Three Quarters. Nine, 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 nine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, not in the movie, but in the book, when Harry sees the Weasleys walking up like in the movie he he hears them because he hears Molly say something about muggles so he knows that they're like wizards but in the book he I don't remember exactly how he hears them but then he hears Molly asking what platform is it again shouldn't she know if she's been taking her kids there for so many years (laughs) I mean she's got seven children 
She's probably tired Shouldn't from raising seven children that, it's that she's got. Platform nine and three quarters, <laughs> and she went there herself. Well, you know, the stress of raising kids and everything, and your mind goes blank sometimes. All right. I just thought that was kind of a dull moment, too. Um, just made me laugh. Um, at the welcome feast in the movie, like right after they get there, in the movie, Dumbledore just says, let the feast begin, and then the meal starts. But in the book, he says, welcome to a new year at heart." Hogwarts? Hogwarts? I can't read, We've been on a roll tonight. I know. Jeez. In the book, he says, Welcome to a new year at Hogwarts. Before we begin our banquet, I would like to say a few words. And here they are. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Thank you. And then they start eating. (laughs) And it's, it's just kind of a funny moment. But those, that moment is actually brought up again in Harry's thoughts in Half-Blood Prince at Dumbledore's funeral. In the book, Half-Blood Prince. So, that's why I like, you know, in the books. Like, I like that. That they bring it back so, so many years later. You is know? that supposed to mean anything? Or was he literally no, just being he's dumb? he's just and... being weird like Dumbledore is. Like, okay, the Dumbledore in the books is a really weird dude. Like, he's very odd. Well, he's an old wizard. Of course so, he's weird. It was just an odd, like a weird Thing, you know funny moment for him and then I just like that it was brought up again later on in Half-Blood Prince mm-hmm. so um, this one makes me laugh so Halloween when you know the troll in the dungeon thing isn't this when Quirrell was like there's a troll in the dungeon was and it Professor like, Quirrell Quirrell runs in and he's like troll in the dungeon oh I had it wrong <laughs> just thought you should know and then passes out (laughs) but in both the book and the movie Dumbledore tells the prefects to take the students back to their houses and for the teachers to go to the dungeon to take care of the troll but the Slytherin dorm and I think the Hufflepuff dorm are in the dungeons (laughs) (laughs) so shouldn't they have at least had those two houses go somewhere else Hey, this is what I mean by bad adult moments, guys. <laughs> Wouldn't that be like a pretty bad adult moment? Yeah. I mean, granted, the troll wasn't actually in the dungeon in, in the end, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then something that really bothered me in the movies, and not just in the first movie, this was throughout the series, anytime Lily and James were shown. They look like they're in their late 30s, early 40s, you know. But they were 21 when they died. They were young. So shouldn't they look 21 when they're shown? I mean, to be canonically correct, yes. So, I don't know. I never knew they were that young. Yeah. They were 21. Damn. So, I just, I mean, I i think that the, they got actors that, the looks of them, I could see, like, I could see Daniel Radcliffe being the offspring of those two actors. Like, <laughs> their looks were very good, you know, to make Daniel Radcliffe their son. Yeah. But they just, they look too old to me. 
So that was pretty much all I had for the details that were in the books for this one. I mean, there's more details, obviously, in this book than were in the movie. But those were like the main ones I wanted to point out. Um, As we get further along in the series, there will be more that I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I have to tell you about these details. (laughs) (laughs) Especially once we get to like when like Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hallows, those two books, it's going to be... Those are going to be long episodes, guys. I'm just warning you now. That's some juicy details. Because it goes into a lot of backstory. Mm -hmm. So I feel like those will be big. Yeah, there's always going to be more backstory in the books. Yeah. So, but guys, that's about it for tonight for this Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone episode. Mm -hmm. Unless you have anything else you want to add to it, Troy? No, like she said, that was really it for for this episode of Harry Potter. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Troy has enjoyed pointing his little Hermione wand. It's already Hermione's wand. You don't have to say little in front of it, okay? (laughs) Okay, here, you can have the elder wand for the last few minutes, okay? (gasps) Yes. I feel the power. Um, (laughs) But no, like she said, that was really it for, for the first book and movie of Harry Potter. Plenty more to come down the road um, whenever we do the next books. But I wanted to give you guys a little snippet of what episode is coming next. It's going to be a very fun one, Jenny. I think so. These thoughts always run through my mind. <laughs> it's a little scary, to be honest. Well, ever since it became a big thing with TV on TV and all this in movies, I've always yeah, thought yeah, about okay. it. I get it. The next episode is going to be Apocalyptic Preparations. What kind of prep would you make, would you do, if you knew there was an apocalypse coming? Like I said, I'm very excited about this one. Shower thoughts when I'm driving, different things. I always have (laughs) thoughts running through my head. Um, We're going to be joined by our cousin Pam. That's the part that I'm really excited about, is Pammy coming on with us. It's going to be very fun with Pam. Um, It's a new... um, a new person joining the podcast for you guys. So you'll get to see a little bit more of our family. And Pam is someone that has the same energy and sarcasm and everything as us. So it's going to be very fun. I can't wait for this. Me too. I'm super excited. It should be out sometime next week, guys. Uh, we'll probably be recording early next week. And then it'll be out later on in the week. So we'll see you then. I got a quick question for you, though, really quick before we close. I've been playing with this wand all episode. I really want to know where do they put this when they're not using it? Do they just like enlarge their jean pockets in order for it to fit in it? <laughs> no, it's got to be like a little like holster thing that's I on mean, their belt when they go in. Because there's no way this would just like fit in your pocket <laughs> and you'd be able to walk around with it, right? Don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's all for tonight, guys. The boy who lived has come to die.